ahead and get started right on time. We'll get uh, started with a word of prayer, and then we'll see what the Lord has for us this evening. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and praise you. Lord, I pray that you uh, would speak to our hearts tonight, give us exactly what we need to hear from heaven. And Lord, I pray that we would apply it to our hearts and our lives. Lord, I do thank you for what you're going to do. If there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's turn to page number 520, Redeemed. How I love to proclaim it, Redeemed by the Blood of the Lamb. Page number 520.
let's try to let's try this again.
page number 18, Oh How I Love Jesus. tonight. Oh, how I love Jesus. He is worthy of our praise and he's worthy of our love and our appreciation. God's good to us. And uh, I tell you, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that uh, God saved me. He chose to save me. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, he lives within me today. Uh, Today we're going to, uh, I do appreciate you being here this evening. We're going to continue our study here on uh, David and uh, just some characteristics of David, some things about David. We uh, said here a couple weeks, a few weeks ago when we started, that God always has a man for his plan. And then we said that God always has a plan for his man. Then we looked at the fact that God has, there's a cause worth fighting for. There's some things that we just need to stand up and fight for. And then we saw that David lived by faith and not by sight. And last week we looked at the example of friendship between him and Jonathan. Uh, So we've looked at uh, David's faith. We've seen David's friendship. And tonight we're going to look at David's faithfulness. David's faithfulness. How David behaved himself uh, wisely. And that's the title of the message, Behaving Yourself Wisely. And I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter number 18. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. Here we find David has become the hometown hero. David had just beat up Goliath. He had just got the victory. No one else was uh, wanting to fight Goliath. No one else wanted to face him. But here we find Goliath is dead, and now we see David coming back to his hometown. We learn from this chapter that fame is much more difficult to deal with than failure. 
Fame is much more difficult to deal with than failure. And fame has ruined more people than failures have. And we need to be careful, be aware of that. A lot of people want fame. They want, uh, they want popularity. They want these things. But I tell you that it comes along with a great responsibility. I want you to notice carefully we, what we find in this chapter. This is what happened to David after killing the, uh, the giant. Look in verse 5. It says, And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass, as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, and singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets and with joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played, and said, Saul hath slain his thousands, but and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and uh, the saying displeased him, and he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can we have more? What can he have more than my kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day and forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that an evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed from him, him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Wherefore when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for uh, this study uh, as we've been uh, just looking at the characteristics, the character and faithfulness and uh, the faith of, of David and the example that he is. Lord, I pray that we can apply some of these attributes to our own lives and, Lord, that we could see uh, your hand in, on our lives. Lord, I ask that you would uh, just speak to us as only you can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of the ways God speaks to us is by repetition. Uh, someone has said that the key to repetition is uh, the, the key to learning is repetition. And uh, in in these few verses, God repeats Himself three times. He says three times. He says the same thing. In verse number five, the Bible says David uh, says of David that he behaved himself wisely. And then you look down in verse fourteen. It says that David behaved himself wisely. And then you look in verse 15 and it says, and God said that David, uh, that David behaved himself very wisely. I've noticed in my life and in my ministry that you can tell much about a person when two things happen, when one of two things happen. First, when uh, someone is rebuked, you can tell a lot about their character. You can tell a lot about what they uh, what they think about the situation and how they feel. But secondly, when they are given authority. 
You can, you can tell a lot about someone by these two attributes, these two things. David is given authority here, and the Bible says again and again that he's behaved himself wisely. I know people, and maybe you do too, that once they get in that position of authority, uh, they get the big head. They get the, uh, where they think they're much better than you, and they think that they are the ones that are ruling the kingdom now. I mean, you have to bow down and, and uh, praise their name for everything that they do because they are the king. And uh, I've also noticed people that have had that authority, but they will have a, a humble spirit. And uh, those are the type of people you don't mind working for. But it's those people that uh, when they're in a position of authority and they think they're just so much better than everybody else that really bothers you to work for them. And David is given this authority and the Bible says again and again that David behaved himself wisely. We can learn from that. Many times we say that we are Christians but we don't behave like Christians should. Oftentimes that's the case. If you were to ask me if I was a Christian, I would tell you. I would say undoubtedly, uh, absolutely, 100% sure. I know that I'm a Christian. I know that I'm saved. I would tell you about when I got saved, where I got saved, how I got saved. I would tell you about the day I got saved. I'd tell you all those things. I'm, I'm very excited about telling you about my salvation. Now, if you were to ask me if I behave myself as a Christian, as I should all the time... I'd have to say no. Shamingly, I would have to say no, I, I haven't always behaved myself like I should. And probably if you're honest with yourself, you probably would have to testify the same way. You know, I haven't always, and I, I regret the fact that I haven't always done what I should and said what I should and, and uh, be what I should. God says that David behaved himself wisely. Anytime you see the word wise attributed to uh, someone's behavior, it does not uh, primarily mean uh, their behavior with uh, someone else in rela relationship with other people, but primarily it deals with their relationship with God. You know, the Bible says this in Proverbs 9, verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Every time God mentions David's behavior, he said David behaved himself wisely. When he connected uh, wise living with David's living, he was saying that David feared God, that he, he, he wanted to live as God would have him to live. You see, we don't, we don't behave our, uh, wisely without putting God in his proper position and his proper place in our lives. We're going to if we behave ourselves wisely, that's because God is in his rightful position in our lives. We behave a certain way because we believe a certain way. When we see anyone behaving unwisely, it seems that God is not given the proper place in their lives. When God's word says that David behaved himself wisely, it, it means that he recognized God's rightful position as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and he has set God as, as, uh, uh, in the throne of his heart. He has set God first in his life because wisdom and wise living comes from fear, fearing the Lord. Now, whenever we talk about fearing the Lord, it's not, oh, oh Lord, what are you going to do to me? It's, a, it's an awe, it's a reverence, it's a saying, it's, it's that respect that we have for God. That's what the fear of the Lord means. It's a, an awesome awareness of who God is 
And it's saying, you know, Lord, I, I, I just trust in you. I believe in you. And I, I want you to be Lord of my life. If an individual puts God in the proper place, that individual is going to do right in his life. That's, it's a fact that's going to happen. He's going to tell the truth on the job. He's, he's going to keep his heart clean. He's going to keep his mind clean. And he's going to keep his mouth clean if he fears God. You see, we must not overlook this important truth. The reason David behaved wisely is that David feared the Lord. If people truly feared the Lord and they believed, I, I talked to uh, uh, Brother Danny today, I was talking to him about the, the Lord coming. I mean, you just, it, it kind of got me excited. Uh, just looking at all the things that are going on, and I've heard a lot of preachers saying, you know, with the blood moons and with uh, the stars the way they're supposed to line up on September 23rd, and just all these uh, things, the hurricanes and the wildfires, and just all these things that are going on, a lot of the preachers, a lot of uh, scholars are saying, hey, this is, it's getting close. And if we truly believe that the Lord's coming is, is imminent, uh, that it's coming soon, I think we would behave ourselves a little bit differently. I mean, that God would truly be reign on our lives. And that's what's happening here. David realized who God was and that he believed that God was uh, the, the God of heaven and that he wanted to keep his heart, his mind, and his mouth clean because he feared God. You see, one of the things that is at work in our lives is our attitude. Is our attitude. No one else exercises control over your attitude. Do you realize that? They may influence your attitude a little bit by the way you look at things, but no one else controls it except for you. And we must constantly be on guard, uh, guard our attitudes and keep our attitudes right. Another thing that is work in our lives is the adversary. Yeah. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We have an adversary, the devil, and, and he wants to destroy you. He wants to sift you, and he wants to uh, destroy your testimony. And everything that, uh, that God has set up in your life, he wants to destroy that. See, God's word says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You see, when we have, when we have blow-ups and flare-ups and mess-ups and crash-ups, often it's because of our adversary reflecting on our attitude. And then as believers, the third thing that's working in our life is our advocate. Our advocate. Aren't you thankful for him? working in our lives. There in 1 John 2, 1, it says this, My ch little children, these things write I unto you that, if ye, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. God says we have an advocate. That means that someone else is pleading our cause. Someone else is pleading our case. He's taking our case to God. And Christ pleads our case when we're, we're not alone in this world. You see, Jesus Christ makes intercession for us. We have an advocate. If we are Christians, we have that advocate. He is our, he's on our side. He is helping, helping us. Therefore, we must guard our attitude. We must be warned of our adversary. We must thank God for our advocate. And all these things, you know what they have to do with? Our behavior. The way we behave ourselves. 
A man behaves himself a certain way because he believes a certain way. And if one does not believe in heaven or hell, listen, if one does not believe in heaven or hell, he's going to live for this world only. Uh, What's going to be important to him is just the things of this world, not the things of heaven. He doesn't care about laying up treasures in heaven where where moth and rust does not corrupt. He doesn't care about those things. Why? Because he doesn't believe in heaven or hell. So he's going to live for the here and now. You see, it does not make any difference what your title is. I'll I'll get into that in just a minute. But a man behaves himself a certain way because he believes a certain way. David behaved himself wisely because he believed a certain way. He believed that God was Jesus, or God was God, and that He was uh, the the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If we could bring people to this one thing and we could bring ourselves to this one thing that we must daily walk before the Lord, it would change our lives. It would change our lives if we daily realize that we're walking in His presence. We're walking before Him. You see, God hears us. He sees us. He knows our thoughts. God knows all about us. David lived believing this. That God knew his heart, God knew his thoughts, that God knew his actions. And as a result, he behaved himself wisely. He behaved himself wisely. I want to look at three thoughts tonight about behaving yourself wisely. Number one, I want you to notice his behavior with others. His behavior with others. Look there in verse 5, it says, And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely... And Saul set him over men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. The Bible says that he behaved himself uh, wisely in the sight of Saul's men and in the sight of others. Why? Because he realized who he served. See, there are not many people who can exercise that kind of leadership that David exercised and receive the type of recognition that David did and still have a deep gratitude and appreciation for those who serve under him. A lot of times when when you become the the lead man, you become the head honcho, a lot of times there's a uh, you you have this arrogancy about you and you 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 start becoming like you're better than they are. But David, the Bible says that he behaved himself wisely. He, he didn't say, you know what, guys, I'm better than you, and I, I, I'm the, the one that's over you, and I demand respect, and I uh, demand your attention. He didn't have to do that. They respected him for who he was and the way he, he conducted himself. You see, it does not make any difference what title you hold on the, uh, in your job. You and I are no better than those without titles. We're no better. And uh, the moment we think that we are, we've lost God's honor, His respect on our lives. Of course, there is an order of authority. We understand that. Submission to authority in the home, on the job, in the church. But many people are dealing with the temptation to think that the whole world revolves around them. You go, I, I mean, I'm spoiled whenever we go on these vacations, these cruises. You know, you go on that cruise and you, uh, you just you sit there and all these people, they come and just flock to you and they help you. And all this, the, the, the staff that's on there, they, I mean, they, can I get you a drink? Can I do this for you? And they, I mean, it makes you feel like you're 
I mean, I remember the first time I did that, I'm like, no, I'll go get my own drink. And, and then after a, a short period of time, it was a very short period of time, I'm like, yeah, get me a Coke. I'll take a Coke. And, but we have this attitude, we, we get this attitude like we're better than other people. You see, if you have one child in the school classroom who thinks it's his classroom and it all is about him, you know what it does? It disrupts the whole classroom. And I tell you, the same thing, if you have one person in the church who thinks that the church, it's all about them and they're going to have it their way and it's no other way but their way, you know what that's going to do? That's going to cause a disruption in the church. This is his church. You see, David was not that kind of man. Why was he not that kind of man? Because he put God in his proper position in his life. What I'm trying to get to you is this point here. If we put God where he belongs in our lives, then we're going to treat others the way they should be treated. We're going to behave ourselves wisely. The second thing, notice that his behavior with opportunity. His behavior with opportunity. David killed the giant. And the, the giant that tormented their land, that tormented all them people and said, Hey, won't you send me out your champion? David had this great opportunity. Man, everybody was lifting him up. Look there in verse 6. It says, And it came to pass, as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets and with joy and with instruments of music. They were thinking here, of one thing. They were thinking of the giant killer. Their hometown hero. The one that has, hey, hey, he's the one that defeated the undefeatable. He had to deal with this fame and success. This opportunity that he had. If you ever get to the point that you think that you are too good to pick up a piece of trash or to clean, out a, to clean a toilet or wash a dish or uh, do something in the house of God, let me tell you something. You've made a great mistake. The Bible says better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoils with the proud. We can never think of ourselves better than what we are, even though we have this great opportunity. I tell you, I think it's the greatest opportunity in the world is to be a pastor of a church. Greatest calling in the world. I've said it before. I wouldn't want President Trump's job. For me, I would think that would be a, a downgrade. Honestly, because I, I get to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right here in this, in this church with this people. And, but I don't think I'm any better than anybody in here. Because I'm not. I'm just a sinner saved by grace just like you are. God has just given me an opportunity to, to serve Him in this capacity. You might think that... You know, you, you might see a piece of trash. Well, that's not my job. That's not my mess. Let me tell you, if it's in the house of God, it's all of our responsibility to take our part and to help out. Success has caused many more casualties than failure. You look around. You see, uh, think about this. They say 75% of all the people that win lottery, that have won the lottery, guess what they do? File bankruptcy. Just a short time after. Why? Because success, success in the world's eyes is a lot harder to handle than failures. Than failures. 
You see, we're all just sinners saved by grace. And you may, you may manage a business, you may be the boss, but you're no better than the people that you manage or you're over. They have families, they have children, they have concerns, they have needs just as you do. May God help us to realize what kind of world we live in, a world of hurt and a world of, uh, uh, that needs help. I like the behavior of David because he dealt with opportunity and fame wisely. I mean, everybody was lifting him up. But he didn't get proud and say, I am, I am something here. He had a great opportunity and he behaved himself wisely. The, next, the last thing here, notice his behavior with the obstinate. Saul listened to the songs that they sang. The ladies, they came out singing. And they were singing, oh, King Saul killed his thousands. But notice here in verse 7 and 8, it says, And the women answered, one another as they played and Saul and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David is ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth and the, the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands and unto me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can they have more but my kingdom? Saul listened and he gave place to the devil in his life. Do you know the devil has set, I believe he sets up opportunities, he sets up things in our lives that we hear things, and that it's a setup for us to give place to the devil. The Bible says neither give place to the devil. Don't let him have the opportunity. Saul gave place to the devil. He listened and he lingered. You know what, he was sitting there, oh, can you hear what they're saying? They're saying that David has killed his ten thousands. They're only, they're only ascribing to me only thousands and you know what he started to do he started that pride button kicked in he started thinking huh who does David think he is I mean I'm the king here do you see it do you see it in the story here it says uh, their words began to echo in his mind he was thinking they're bragging about David uh, a shepherd boy I'm the one that brought him to this position but was it him? Look there in verse 8 through 10. It says, And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but my kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward, and it came to pass on the morrow that an evil spirit from God came upon Saul. Now this does not mean that God is an evil spirit. Okay, It's not what it means. It means that God is in charge of the whole universe. God's in charge of it all. And God allowed an evil spirit to come upon Saul. Look there in verse, that, that it goes on to say this, that Saul, he prophesied. As the Bible says there in 1 John 4, 1, we must try the spirits. Because not every spirit is of the Lord. Not every spirit is of the Lord. You see, it could be an evil spirit that's speaking through someone. Saul had a javelin at his side. We read the story here. He had a javelin at his side, and he wanted to kill David. Why? Jealousy, pride, arrogancy. Now, did David? Uh, did Saul behave himself wisely? No, he didn't. You see, how many times in our low moments in our lives, maybe fits of anger. Have we done something or said something that we wish we never did? 
Saul twice, the Bible says, he took the javelin and he wanted to pin David to the wall. He wanted to kill him. But God delivered David. God delivered David. When Saul realized that God delivered David, you know what he did? He shook within himself. He feared because he knew that the only way, he knew that the only way for David to escape that javelin, because remember, Saul was a master uh, uh, soldier as well. He was one that... He, was a, he could fight as well, and he was a master at that javelin. He could pin David to the wall if God wasn't, hadn't protected him. And he realized, Saul realized that it had to be God that protected him. And he began to fear. Why? Because he knew that God has withdrawn his hand from himself and has put his hand upon, Saul, uh, upon David. David, you know what? He could have grabbed, and you and I, Maybe put in the same situation. I started thinking about what I would do. Someone throw a javelin at me. What am I going to do? I'm going to take that javelin and I'm going to throw it back at him. Anybody else like me? Thank you for your honesty. A couple people in here. But that isn't what David did, did he? The Bible says that he behaved himself wisely. Man, that, that, when I was reading over this and studying, man, that just shook me to the core because I was thinking, man, I would... Man, somebody tried to kill me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill them. Back me in a corner, I'm going to punch back. But that's not what David did. David behaved himself wisely. In our natural hearts, we, we have the desire to get even with people. You see, it's worse in some people than it is in others. But it's, all in, a, it's, it's in us all. If they hurt us, we want to hurt them back. If they talk about us, we want to talk about them. If they get us, we're going to get them back. You know, my kids, I always know this, uh, and everybody that ever messes with me knows this. This is my saying, that if you prank me, I'm going to get you back ten times more. So you don't want to mess with me because I'm going to get you ten times worse. That's what I always tell everybody. Um, it's more of a scare tactic than anything else, but... That's what our, our hearts and our thoughts are, isn't it? Someone gets us, I'm going to get them back. You see, we must deal with this in our lives. Do you know why we have to deal with this? Because we all are part of this fallen race. You have to deal with it in your home. Let me, think, let me put it to it. Let me hit home a little bit. Maybe not for the children, but for the adults here. Your wife says something to you. And you know what? You say something back. And then your wife says something back, and then you say something back. And it all could have been avoided if we just behaved ourselves wisely. If we just would have been acted like we're supposed to act, Christian-like, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. You see, we all have to deal with this. Look at churches where people fuss and fight all the time. They all say... They all say they are believers, but they don't behave as Christians. I don't know if you've ever been involved with churches like that, but I've heard many stories. I've never been in a church that, like that, but I've heard of many stories where they fought over carpet, and they fought over this, and they fought over that, and they fought over everything. They didn't behave themselves wisely. See, it's because... They didn't give proper place to God in their lives.
That's what it all boils down to, I believe. David behaved himself wisely. The king tried to kill David, but he responded wisely. All of us are dealing with someone or something that is difficult. Occasion, hey, we all deal with difficulties. But are you dealing with them wisely? Are you dealing with them wisely? Are we committed to the Lord saying, God, I know what I want to do, but I know the right thing I should do as well. Are we behaving ourselves wisely? Would you agree with me that so much heartache and headache and trouble could be avoided if we would just behave ourselves as Christians? Behave wisely? Then all of us need to find our place before God. If there is someone we need to pray for, let us pray for that person. If there's someone who we are fighting with, let us pray for him. You know, I was talking to someone today. I was counseling a lady today on the phone. She had called me from Lifeline, a friend of mine, and she was just struggling with some of the, her family members. And she said, I'm just, I'm just going to give up. I'm just, I'm just going to, I don't want to have anything to do with them. And, and I, I told her, I said, I said, listen, I said, it's hard to be mad at someone you pray for. She says, yeah. I said, why don't you just continue to pray for them? Have you ever noticed when you're praying for someone, it's hard to be mad at them? I've noticed that. There was a man that, there was a man that I was associated with. And, and I tell you what, this man hated my guts. He was a Christian. He hated my guts, hated everything about me. And I didn't like the fact that he hated me. I like everybody to like me, but just don't happen sometimes and and I and I went to Pastor Taylor about it and I told him I said listen I said I don't I don't even know what I've done wrong he says he says are you mad at him I said yeah so I don't think it's right I didn't do anything he said won't you start praying for him and I said okay so what's that going to do he goes you'll find that you'll no longer be mad at him and it wasn't two months later Two months later, that guy thought I, that, that the sun rose on me. I mean, he just that guy thought the world of me. What am I trying to say? I'm just trying to say, if we behave ourselves wisely, there'll be a different outcome. The challenge today is behave yourself wisely. As Christians, listen, we're the only Bibles that some people read. Are we behaving ourselves wisely? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. David is a great example of faithfulness, faithfulness to the Lord. I want to challenge you. Maybe you haven't behaved yourself wisely at work, maybe at home, wherever the case may be. Maybe the Lord talked to you, spoke to your heart about something totally different. I'm going to challenge you to come find a place at the altar. Do business with God this evening. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't even know for sure if I was to die today. I go to heaven. I... I I know the, the message wasn't about salvation tonight, but maybe the Lord dealt with you. Holy Spirit was dealing with you about your need to be saved. You don't know for sure if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. No one else is looking around, just me. You say, Pastor, that's me. I don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me, anyone like that? I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to come get you. I promise you. Would you raise your hand, anyone like that? Anyone? I don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone? Would you raise your hand? Anyone? 
Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm saved, but I'm not behaving myself like I should. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands tonight because I think that a sh- shamefully most of us all would probably have to raise our hands saying, I'm, I haven't been what I should. I haven't said, been doing what I should and saying what I should and being what I should. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands tonight, but I'm going to ask you to find a place at the altar and say, Lord, let me put you first in my heart and my life. I want you to be first so I behave myself wisely. Our Heavenly, Father's Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for the example of David here, how he behaved himself with opportunity. The great responsibility that he had, but Lord, he still behaved himself wisely. He could have looked at himself as uh, that he was just really something. But God, you, you gave him a humble spirit, and Lord, he behaved himself wisely. Lord, and with the... Uh, those that obstructed him, the obstinate one. Lord, we thank you that he behaved himself wisely as an example. As there's people in our lives that are just going to be uh, against us, but we're still to behave ourselves wisely. Lord, I thank you for this message, how you spoke to my heart through it. Lord, I pray that folks would find a place at the altar tonight. Lord, they would get things right with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. God has spoke to you. I'm, going to, I'm just going to ask you to come. Find a place at the altar. Behave wisely. That's what David said. Behave wisely. hearts and examine your heart, examine your life. What kind of example are we leaving to our children, our grandchildren, our co-workers, our bosses? Are we behaving ourselves wisely? I encourage you. Is there are those here at the altar? I would just ask that you would pray for those at the altar pray for decisions to be made you may be seated but just be in an attitude of prayer please an attitude of prayer as the Lord is dealing with hearts the altar is still open we don't close the altar but if God is dealing with you maybe you're here and you've got some questions you just don't know we can take the word of God. If you're a girl, my wife can come and talk to you and pray with you and show you from the word of God. Give you opportunity just to do as God has bidden. prayer there's still those I just want you to be praying I got some things I want you to be praying about as we're in this time of prayer I would ask that you would continue to pray for our church I just pray for the spirit of our church that we would grow in spirit and grow closer to the Lord 
and also that we would grow in number. Lord, would, uh, I'm seeing a lot of good things happening. I would ask that you would continue to pray for our church. Pray for, uh, continue to pray for the McGinnises in the time of bereavement and for um, also Brother Jimmy's mom, uh, the family there, uh, the Clavenger family. would ask that you pray for them. Would ask that you would pray for Kenny Johnson. He had another procedure done this uh, uh, yes Monday, I believe it was, and you pray for him. His most imminent need is that he needs to be saved. Uh, but pray for him. Pray for Kenny Johnson. Uh, he's gonna. He has a long way still to go with his health. Um, I'm praying the Lord would save him before it's eternally too late. Would ask that you would continue to pray for Brother Adam, Miss Evelyn. And, Little Janie, as they're going on the mission trip here in a couple weeks, uh, pray for their safety. Pray for them as they uh, minister and pray that uh, the Lord would use them in a great and mighty way. I want to hear a good report from, um, from their efforts there. Uh, Miss Haley McGinnis called tonight, or Brother Caleb texted me tonight and said that Miss Haley's not feeling well. They were taking her to the prompt med tonight. Uh, so you pray for. Haley McGinnis. Someone else have something on their heart tonight we can pray for? Yes. Okay. That'd be great. Pray for back to Bethlehem. It's only, it's only like two and a half, three months away. Um, so we, I know it's coming up quick. You pray for those that will come to the, back to Bethlehem as we minister to those. Pray for the laborers that we need. We need a lot of folks to be involved in this. So anybody else? All right. Yes, Brother Ed. Bobby and Steve. Ed and Miss Betty's boys and their families. All right. Let's go to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love and your mercy and grace. Thank you for the privilege we have to pray. Lord, the, just the, uh, the personal prayer that we can pray to you as our Lord and our Savior, but also as our friend, and that we can talk to you. Lord, I ask tonight as we lift up these petitions, Lord, I do ask for most importantly, the most important need on our on our list is uh, those that need to be saved. And God, I pray that you would help us have opportunities so that we could witness and, and uh, tell folks about about you and that we would see souls saved and lives changed. Lord, I thank you, Brother Amos, as they're uh, getting ready to head out on their mission trip. Lord, I pray that you would give them safety, give them a, a passion for souls as they see many lives there. Lord, I pray that you uh, uh, even, uh, I know Brother Adam will be ministering to him by, by health, but Lord, I pray that you give him an opportunity to, to lead someone to the Lord and make it even sweeter for him. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just work in a great work in their lives as they're going to be gone. Lord, I pray that you be with our church, help us to grow in number, but most importantly in spirit. Lord, I thank of those that are in time of bereavement now. Lord, I pray that you would just meet their needs as you we've seen you evident in their lives. And Lord, we just thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. 
And God, I pray for those that are sick tonight, those that are uh, unable to be with us because of sickness. Lord, I pray that you would touch their body as they would be uh, able to be here Wednesday or Sunday for our services. Lord, I do ask for our upcoming back to Bethlehem, Lord, as we uh, know that there's going to be probably 500 to 1,000 people come through these doors. And, Lord, there's, they're either going to heaven or they're going to hell. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you would give us opportunity to speak to them. And, uh, Lord, as we, we give uh, invitation, and, and, Lord, that you would speak to hearts and deal with them even now, Lord, that souls would be saved. And use our church in a great and mighty way, I pray. Lord, I do ask that you would... Uh, uh, just be with us in our upcoming Seedline Conference. I pray that you would use Brother Kissler and uh, use the ministry there to see uh, Bibles given out and distributed. And Lord, I pray that you would use that ministry as you have and uh, continue to use it. Lord, do thank you again for all that you do. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for being here. Let me give you a couple announcements and then I'll dismiss you. If you have an offering tonight, you can just put it in the offering plate. Just come up here and put it in the offering plate. But just want to uh, remind you that this coming uh, Friday, we're going to leave the church this coming Friday at 3.30. If you want to, if you're coming to the men's retreat, 3.30 this coming Friday. And um, we're going to have a great time. Um, if you want to shoot your gun, if you want to bring your bow, um, there'll be time and a place for that. And I encourage everyone to come out, for all the men to come out for that. Teenagers, you're welcome to come as well. Uh, there'll be, uh, and you say, well, I'm not really active. Well, they do have donuts and coffee as well. So if you just want to sit around and eat donuts and coffee, you can do that as well. All right. And then this coming Sunday, it kicks off our Seedline Conference. And uh, so Sunday morning, we'll have services here. Sunday evening, services will be over in uh, in Brazil at the at the Seedline um, building there, and that'll be Sunday evening at seven o'clock. Monday evening seven, Tuesday at seven, and Wednesday at seven. Our Wednesday service will be held there as well. So Sunday night and Wednesday night will be held there in Brazil at the Seedline uh, building. All right, and uh, Monday the 18th, that's this coming Monday, we're going to prepare a meal for uh, all those that are coming. And uh, so if you would like to help out, Miss Pam, give her a call. Uh, we're going to have Italian dinner. And uh, so if you can help out with that, maybe you say, oh, I, can, I can make a salad or I can make a dessert. Um, you can help out with that. And then mark your calendars for this Friday, October the 20th. I know it's a, a month and a half away or whatever, uh, but Friday, October the 20th, we're going to have our family uh, festival here, harvest festival here at the church. going to have a hayride and pass out candy to all the kids. Um, I'm looking at trying to get maybe some bouncy houses and just trying to get some different things. It's going to be a great time. Invite people. I don't want to have just five people here, okay? I, I want to really boost this up. Invite friends to come. And uh, just a time, a laid-back time where they don't, feel they, they don't feel the pressures of church, if you will. So those people that may not ever come to church, maybe they may come here and see that, okay, church isn't so bad. And uh, so you invite them to come on October the 20th. All right, let's all stand. We'll close in word of prayer. Thank you again for being here tonight. Brother Greg, sir, would you close us with a word of prayer?